welcome to episode 89 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. So we're going to do something a bit different today. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, the NHL's website has been releasing uh, top 10, top 20 lists of like uh, defensemen, goalies, wingers, centers. Uh, so we're going to break that down for you. And uh, there are a lot of decisions. Well, one in particular yeah. where we just think they're dead wrong. Yeah. So um, we're going to bust right through that. Uh, if we have time for the rapid fire and an update on the David Pasternak uh, contract negotiations, we'll get to that. But it's going to be primarily focused on uh, the NHL's top 10 slash top 20 list. So we're going to be looking at the top 10 goalies first. Uh, then we're going to look at the top 20 defensemen, the top 20 wingers, and the top 20 centers. But before we get to that, shout-outs to all the players past and present who have worn number 89 in the NHL. Alexander McGillney, probably the most famous. Uh, Mike Comrie, Sam Gagne, Mikhail Bodker also wore number 89, as did Corey Conacher, Nikita Nestrov, uh, Barkley Goudreau in his short time in the NHL so far. He's worn that jersey number. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich, who was a rookie with the Rangers last year. And as we found out on the Vegas Golden Knights website, Alex Tuke will be wearing number 89 this season. So to all of them, this podcast is for you. And now, it's time. To lace them up, here's Brett and Steve. So, uh, as Steve mentioned at the start of the show, um, we are uh, doing uh, the NHL.com had a has all these lists of top ten goaltenders, top twenty defensemen, top twenty wingers, and top twenty centers. And throughout this whole time, we've been uh, we've just been talking about like, oh, this person's been left out this person's uh like yay our, you know eric carlson got the top uh defenseman um as he should so uh so we've uh we thought it would be interesting just to uh just go over it and uh we'll talk about our um our complaints and our uh our uh, i guess approvals i guess would be the other way to say it um yeah, so we're going to start with uh, the top 10 goalies, because this is the one that we had the most problems with. We're going to start with, um, so what we're going to do is I'm just going to list uh, five, the first five, and then we'll talk about it, and then, um, and then we'll uh, and then I'll do the next five. Uh, so, uh, let's go with, uh, so the number one for the top 10 goalies is Carey Price. Uh, two is Braden Holtby, three is Bobrovsky, four is Matt Murray, five is, uh, Devin Dubnik. Um, I think, um, this is okay list. I would probably would put Holtby ahead of Price personally, just because he had a better season than Price did last year. Um, but I mean, you know, Carey Price is a good choice. Um, at number one, just from that angle, um, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm so so on Jubnik being number five. Um, yeah, like he had a great start of the season, 
but not so much at the end of the season. So I think that that should count for something even more than just being on the top five. Um, the guy that I would think would be more would be Cam Talbot. I think Cam Talbot, who is number seven on this list, um, and we'll get to, um, should probably be number five, but um, or even more. But uh, yeah, at the moment, it's, it's an okay list. Yeah, okay, top five. I would say like yeah. Carey Price. Like we all know how badly the Canadians crashed and burned without him the year before, right. and he just comes back and he and he's Carey Price. You see, Carey Price we're used to seeing. Um, so I think that was more impressive than Holtby's year. I mean, Holtby had a good year, but he, he had Carl Alsner behind him. Um, he had yeah. Baxter and Ovechkin uh, scoring for him as well. Um, watch and, and Washington had a pretty good system. Right. Uh, people don't remember that Montreal went through a coaching change mid-season. True. Um, and you have a guy like Barry Trotz in Washington, it's it's easy to see why Braden Holtby would put good numbers. Not discrediting Braden Holtby's numbers no. by any stretch. He's a great goalie. But just the way the Habs rely on Carey Price and for him to put up those numbers after missing so much time is spectacular. So, And yeah. plus, he's getting paid over $10 million moving forward a year. So you got to give him the number one spot. I guess that's fair. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like Holtby... Like, I mean, yeah, Holt, the Capitals do have a better defense than Montreal does, but it's not that much different. It's not that well, much Well, not better. anymore, yeah. Right. Yeah, not anymore. But even last season, it wasn't that much uh, better. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's the – and I think and, – and also you have to think about the fact that, like, Holtby has been more consistent throughout. I mean, yes, granted, Price was injured uh, last year, so it's, like, it's tough to – to talk about that, but I don't know. Like, I'm just looking at his stats right now. Um, Hopi has a 9.25 save percentage, uh, 207 games goals against average. Uh, he had 42 wins, which uh, like this is like his third straight year in a row that he has had 40 wins. Um, and then Carey Price. Um, I mean, I guess you you could also make the case that wins is more of a team thing, kind of like a pitcher in uh, in baseball. But um, but Carey Price has uh, just had a two point two three GAA and a save percentage of nine nine twenty three. So I don't know. I would I would ra- I think I would rather put. Um, I mean, it's just a slight difference in save percentage, but like it's a more difference in goals against average. Uh, but I don't know. I I, <laughs> I mean, I think there's there's uh, uh, it's, it's it's like you can take either or. Um, also, I kind of liked how they uh, they added Matt Murray on here. Um, he has potential to be one of the better goalies on here, and um, Sergei Bobrovsky, I think, would be higher um, if he was more consistent. Like, if he has another great year, I think we, we'd all put him number one. Um, I, I, it would it at least cross my mind to even think of putting him number one. Yeah. Like, he, he, he had a, a really great year, but again, the consistency factor in staying yeah. healthy is, is something that he's still trying to work on. Right. And, and like, to be fair... He, he was one of the finalists for the Hart Trophy, so you yep. got to put him in the top three. And he least. won the Vezina, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, he won the Vezina before that. I, I don't think he cares too much about this list if he no. has the Vezina. No, no probably not. 
Um, I don't know if, like, too many people have, care that much about this list, actually. But, uh, whatever. Um, numbers, uh, do you have any more thoughts on the top five? I'm a bit so-so in Dubnik. I'll get back to him later, okay. but I think Memory's a solid choice. Number four, you're right. Um, number six, we have Jonathan Quick. Seven, Talbot, as I just mentioned. Eight, Lundquist. Nine, Martin Jones. And ten, Pecarine. Now, this is where it gets a little absurd. Uh, because uh, Lundquist had a terrible season. Um... Uh, Jonathan Quick, I mean, I guess Jonathan Quick, like, you know, only played a couple games, so it's a little unfair, but, you know, he shouldn't be sixth here. Uh, seventh, we, we were just about talking about how Cam Talbot should be a little bit uh, higher. I would put him fifth. I think you would put him higher than that, even. No, fifth, fifth's, a, okay. fifth's a good... Um a medium point for him. Yeah. Like he led, he led the league in games played yep. last year. He faced the most shots. He was a war. He was a workhorse for the Oilers. Right. Uh, Martin Jones, like, I don't know. It, it's like the, the sharks were like, so, so this year. And a lot of that had to do with Martin Jones being so, so as well. Um, that just didn't make, that just didn't sound right. And then Pecorine, like I know he, he, he kind of helped the uh, Predators make it to the cup final, but his season was terrible. He almost, uh, he almost became a, uh, a backup, uh, to UC Saros, um, in the regular season. So it's, I don't know. It was crazy. I would rather have, um, John Gibson, who, uh, I guess we're going to get to the honorable mentions pretty soon, but John Gibson, is one of those guys that he put up similar numbers to Devin Dubnik. Um, and I think I would rather have him there. Um, I'd also, uh, as we're just about to get to, uh, Tuka Rask, who they have at 14, um, uh, should be up there too. So I'm just going to read the statistic that I included uh, Tuka Rask's numbers, uh, Devin Dubnik's numbers, uh, Martin Jones's numbers, Cam Talbot's numbers, uh, Pekka Rene's numbers, and Henrik Lundqvist's numbers. Um, so I have Rask had, uh, so just in, just in terms of uh, GAA, um, we have Rask had uh, 2.23 GAA, uh, Devin Dubnik had 2.25, Martin Jones had 2.40, Talbot had 2.39, two, uh, Rene had 2.44, and Lundquist had a 2.74. Uh, just, <laughs> that's nuts for Lundquist. Uh, uh, and I think, uh, so on this list, uh, I guess, well, Dubnik um, had the most, um, you know, uh, was the ranked the highest, according to them. Um, and then we go to save percentage. Rask had 9.15, Dubnik had 9.23, Jones had 9.12, Talbot had 9.19, Rene had 9.18, and uh, Lundquist had 9.10. And then we go to games played, because you have to take that into consideration too. Um, Rask played 65 games, so did Dubnik and Jones. Uh, Talbot played a lot more games, which I have, which is why he was ranked higher. Um, 
but he didn't have as good of a you know stats compared to Rask and Dudnik. Um, anyways, uh, Talbot had 73 games, uh, Rene had 61, and Lundqvist had 57. So of this list, of these five, uh, six people that I had just listed, Lundqvist is the worst of them. Yet he's in the you know yet he's in the top ten. Rene um, is probably the second one. He's not in there, you know. He he's uh, he's you know he's number ten in there. So I don't know. I would have rather had a Rask. Um, Gibson uh, is another good choice, um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what what's I, I you I think you have more stats for uh, for Rask here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have got a lot. You're going to be entertained and yeah, educated, my friends. Exactly. Um, getting back to John Gibson, his state percentage was the fourth best of any NHL mm. goalie with at least 40 games played last year, and mm. so was his goals against average. But right, against and if you're going to include, if you're going to include, like you could make the case that he was injured for some of the year, and, but if you're going to include guys like uh, Jonathan Quick in this list, then you have to include Gibson for what, what he did in 52 games. So it's, it's a little, it's kind of ridiculous too. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) now, uh, one of the things that started, uh, this whole debate was uh, what Mike Felger had to say that he, he calls Tuka a top 12 goalie. Yep. And while he was doing so, he's playing, um, he was playing a highlight of the, the Clark MacArthur OT winner in game six. First off, the Bruins were killing a penalty, and Tuka yep. Rask is out of position. And by the way, four guys were surrounding Clark MacArthur, yep. and none of them could uh, prevent him from taking the shot in time. Mm-hmm. So, like, seriously, Felger, if you're going to criticize Tuka for being out of position, just, like, look at this scenario and just, like, ask, what's Tuka supposed to do right. in that situation? Yeah. And, and he also said... Um, you know, oh yeah, Tuka Rask took his team to the finals, but you know they lost. Well, um, they also Gary swept. Is, they also Gary swept Price the Penguins. Has only been to the conference finals one time in his career. Yep. Um, Holtby hasn't even led. made it to the conference finals. Hmm? Holtby hasn't made it to the conference finals. Yeah, that's right. Holtby hasn't made it to the conference finals. Uh, Martin Jones took his team to the finals. They lost. Pecorine yep. just did the same as well. Um, so I'm just, I'm just thinking to myself, okay, well, what are these other guys doing on this yeah. list? Then? Right. Um, so that's just the short term thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to look at Tuka's stats uh, since he really made his mark in the league in 2009, 2010. So I'm going to look at his stats from then on to now. I'm also going to compare his stats from this year to three goalies on this list. That would be Dubnik, Lundqvist, and Rene. So let's start with the long-term stats here. So dating back to 2009-2010, the first year Rask played in the NHL, he appears twice on the NHL's top 10 single-season save percentages amongst goalies who played in at least 35 games in a season. In his rookie campaign, he posted a 931 save percentage, putting him sixth. His 930 save percentage in 2013-2014 was ninth best. Sergei Bobrovsky and Brian Elliott are the only other goalies to appear on that list more than once. Um, when it comes to single-season goals against averages under that exact same timeline, he appears on the top 10 twice. His 1.97 GAA in 2009-2010 was 6th best. 
his 2.00 GAA in 2012-2013 was 8th best. Um, and just to add insult to injury to Felger's argument, his 2.04 GAA in 2013-2014 was 11th best and just 0.04 higher than Bobrovsky's GAA from 2012-2013. And he won a Vezina that year, Bobrovsky. Yeah. Um, overall, since 2009-2010, his 201 wins are 11th most amongst NHL goalies and just one less than Craig Anderson for 10th. Nami is five on that list, and I wouldn't call him a top 10 goalie at this point in his career. So, uh, I'm, I'm building up a pretty solid argument so yeah. far, aren't I? Okay, yeah, no, so you are. Going. Okay. Go on. Keep on, keep on. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always on team too, cause, so. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you're on my side so yeah, yeah. far. So, uh, I hope to continue to convince you. So amongst, I mean, you don't need to yeah. convince me. It's convince okay. Felger. We All need right. a, we need to somehow uh, get Felger to listen to this. Okay. <laughs> so Felger, if you're still listening, yep. amongst netminders with at least 100 games since 2009-2010, Rask has a 923 save percentage. That's tied with Corey Schneider for first. His 2.24 goals against average puts him in a tie for second with Quick, who has two Stanley Cups under his belt. The guy ahead of both of them is John Gibson, who has a 2.22 goals against average and 118 games played. Rask and Quick have played in 390 and 445 regular season games, respectively, during that stretch. Since 2009-2010, Rask has 37 shutouts to his name amongst goalies with at least 100 games played. That's only four behind King Henrik, who is first on that list. Since 2009-2010, among goalies with at least 100 games played, Rask's even strength save percentage is 930, which is tied with Price, Holtby, and Lundqvist for tops in the league. His save percentage when the opposition is on the power play is below 900, but Bobrovsky and Price aren't that much better than Tuka in that stat, yep. and Tuka Rask has the pedigree out of uh, those guys. If all Mike Felger cares about is shootouts... Rask is 21 and 28 all time in the skills competition. But when you look at the goalies who have faced at least 100 shots in the shootout era since 2009 2010, Tukaras' 727C percentage is fourth best. You know who the top three are? Uh, I'm going to guess Carey Price is in there, Holtby, Bobrovsky. I don't know. No. Semyon Varlamov, <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury. And Corey Crawford, right, who are not on this list. <laughs> All right, that's not who I thought it would be, okay? Yeah, yeah. and his 198 shots faced in the shootout are seventh most, yep. by the way, over that time frame. So Tuca can't win all of them. Yep. Now, let's go to the playoffs, because I remember Tuca responding to pressure pack situations and, and Felger criticizing him of the way he responds to that is what started this whole conversation uh, towards the end of last year. So since 2009-2010, only seven goalies have recorded at least 30 playoff wins. Tuka Rask is one of them. He's top 10 in playoff shots against and playoff shots stopped. Amongst goalies with at least 20 playoff matches during that stretch, his 928 save percentage is fourth best. Thomas, Holtby, and Craig Anderson are ahead of them, but only Holtby has appeared in more games than Tuka Rask. As far as goals against average goes, his 2.12 GAA is seventh best, and .01 better than King Henrik, who has played in almost 100 playoff games since 
Of the six goalies that are ahead of Tuca in that stat department, only Holtby has played in more games. Murray, Jones, Thomas, and Bishop have played in 30 to 35 games apiece, while Jake Allen has only 23 playoff games oh, yeah, under his belt. How about Jake Allen? <laughs> yeah, how about Jake Allen? Yeah. In the playoffs, when Boston's on the penalty kill, Rask has posted a better save percentage than Price, Lundquist, and Rene in the postseason. I'm just talking about notable top 10 goalies who Felger thinks might be better than Tuka. Yep. Um, and again, this is amongst goalies with at least 20 playoff games under their belt since 2009-2010. Is third? He is also third best amongst goalies and even strength save percentage in the postseason, which is 936. Only Tim Thomas and Jake Allen have better numbers, but both have played in fewer games than Tuka Rask. And Tim Make Thomas no is no longer in the league. If the, if the Bruins don't have Tuka Rask on board... This is a 500 team or a bottom five team, and they're certainly yep. not a playoff team. Tuka Rask makes the Boston Bruins look good. Yep. Or better than they are, you know? Yeah, no, no. I agree with that. So that's the that's the, that's the long term. You want to hear what happened last year? What happened last year? Okay, so I'm going to compare Tuka to um, Dubnik, Rene, and Lundqvist. So, um, let's see here. Pecorine, his record at home in 2016-17 was 21-6-5. He had a 2.23 goals against average at home, as well as a 9.19 yep. save percentage. Tuka Rask on home ice, 20-10-1 record, played in two fewer home games than Pecorine, posted a 2.07 goals against average, and five shutouts. Mm-hmm. And Pekka faced more shots, I'll give that to Pekka, but to be fair, Rene had one of the best top four defense in his corner. The Bruins' yeah. defense is all right, but they're not nearly as good as Nashville's. Um, let's see, road stats. Rask was 17-10-4 on the road. His 2.41 GAA was better than Rene, who was 2.66, and seventh best amongst goalies who played in over 20 road games last year. Yep. And of the guys who were in that top 10 list, only Murray Bobrovsky and Dubnik posted a better road goals against average than Tuka Rask. So speaking of Dubnik... His 9.23 season save percentage was eight points better than Rask's, and his 40 wins put him in the top five. But I don't know if you remember this. There was a stretch last year from March 30th to April 1st where Minnesota called up Alex Stalock in the middle of a four-game losing skate. He got the win against Ottawa and then started against Nashville two days later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Prior to that, the Wild went 1-7-2 and two over a 10-game stretch. In 11 of their last 21 matches, they gave up less than 25 shots in 11 of their last 21 matches during that stretch. Of those 11 games, they only won four. Yeah. And Dubnik got a three-game win streak to end the year, but that came at the expense of Colorado twice and Carolina. Mm -hmm. And those two teams didn't really do well in the standings. Meanwhile, Boston won 11 of their last 19, six of their last eight, and they made the playoffs. In his last five starts, Tuka Rask stopped 127 of his final 132 shots and picked up two shutouts. Dubnik was charged with eight goals in his last three starts to a pair of bottom feeders in the NHL, while Rask faced off against Nashville, Dallas, Florida, Tampa, and Ottawa in his final five completed starts. So when you look at a top 10 goalie, you want to look at what he does down the stretch. Right. Down the stretch, Tuka Rask was a heck of a lot better than Devin Dubnik was. Yep. And then we get to King Henrik. <laughs> and then we get to King Henrik. 
Right. Thomas Grice posted a 2.69 GAA in 51 games. Hendricks was 2.74 in 54 contests. Yep. Only 0.06, only 0.06 points better than Ryan Miller, who was with the hapless Canucks. Tuca was 18-6-2 in his division, while King Henrik Lundqvist was 10-9-1 in his. Now, to be fair, Lundqvist was playing in the Metro division. But for a top-10 goalie, shouldn't, should that not matter, though? Right. Because no matter who you're up against, you're supposed to point to your goalie and say, this guy gives us a chance to win every night, no matter who we're going up against. Yep. So this stat, this list, this whole list determines nothing. Yep. But they really got it wrong by snubbing Tuka Rask. Yep. I don't think he's a number one goalie. Maybe you can make the case he's a top five goalie, but he's definitely, at the, the very 10. least, a top ten goalie. Yeah, I agree and with that. I don't. And they didn't even rank him eleventh or twelfth either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put him fourteenth. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I mean, all that, I, I mean, I did mention the stats at the beginning of the of uh, what we were saying. Lundqvist secretly had one of the worst seasons of his career. Um, and, you know, it's just crazy that he put they put him eighth here. Um, so I, I think that might be the only reason why they would put Tuka Rast so low was because of, like, just how the the team started out at the beginning of the year and all that stuff, but Lundqvist, like Lundqvist, had one of the worst seasons in his career, and yet I'm just reading their their paragraph on Lundqvist right here. They said Lundqvist has arguably be arguably been the most consistent goalie in the league in the past decade, which isn't really true because he, you know, he he had a terrible season last year. I don't I don't probably say like. Carey Price probably has been the most consistent, or Braden Holtby, but um, it's it just like he gets a pass for for not having a great season. Whereas like Rask, I'll admit he hasn't been as good as he used to be in like the you know when he just started when he just got the starting job, but it's not like uh, he's been terrible the last couple of years and you can blame the defense for a lot of the goals that he lets in. Um, so it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, Gibson and he got 37 also, wins yeah. last year. Yeah. And he had 37 and he had like a really good season this year too. So I don't know. Uh, other uh, players that uh, should be included that weren't even mentioned in the honorable mentions, um, the two Andersons, so Frederick Anderson of the of the Maple Leafs and Craig Anderson of your Ottawa Senators, uh, should at least be mentioned. Um, the other, uh, they have honorable mentions here as a Corey Schneider, which I, I'm a, a, whatever, that's okay. Um, he's at 11, Gibson is at 12, they have Corey Crawford at 13, 14 they have Tuca, and 15 is Ben Bishop. Um, I, I don't know. They, they just screwed up so much for, uh, for the goaltenders. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, that's the list. I think we can get going on the other one. We, uh, we just want Tuka in. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just ridiculous. So Here I am as a sense fan defending yeah, by a Bruins goalie. I know, I know. You're more passionate yeah, about this than I am. <laughs> and I'm the Bruins fan here. Um, I just know high-ray robbery when I see it. No, no, I know. I, I, like, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's, like, top five. 
but I think he is definitely. I think Rask is definitely top ten. Um, and when you look at his yeah. stats from 2009, 2010 to now, and you look and you see that in in various stat categories, right. that he's consistently a top ten goalie at least yeah. in all in pretty much all of them. Like, how is he not a top ten goalie? I think it's a lot of it has to do with just the fact that the Bruins have had those defensive issues for the past couple of years and yeah. now that that's fixed hopefully um he'll get more recognition this year but it's just you know it's ridiculous um so we go to uh top 20 defensemen we're gonna do it five at a time uh eric carlson uh no debate on that brent burns is number two uh drew daddy number three Hedman is number four. Duncan Keith is number five. Um, so I, I I think we're both okay with uh, Carlson at one, yeah. Brent Burns at number two. We can leave that alone. Uh, Bur- uh, Drew Doughty, uh, I don't know. I think he should be in the top 20. I wouldn't put him in the top 10, let alone top three. Um, I'd rather, I think this is the, so before the show, uh, Steve teased me and said that he, uh, that he thought that Roman Yossi should be in the top five, but he wouldn't say which one he thought they should replace. So my guess is that you're going to say Drew Daddy is the one that you, uh, think should be, um, out of the top five in place of Roman Yossi. Well, first off, I'm going to argue why Roman Yossi should be a top five defender. He's registered yep. 40 or more points in four He's straight He's number years. seven, by the way. Yeah. Um, 205 points in 306 yep. games played over the last four seasons. Only four defenders have more. That would be Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Victor Hedman, and Dustin Bufflin. Um, he has done that while recording just 70 power play points. That's 14th yep. most. Amongst defensemen, his 19 power play markers over the past four years are eighth most amongst NHL defenders. Ten of his 54 goals during that stretch have been game winners. Um, time on ice-wise, he's averaged close to 26 minutes per game over the last four campaigns. Only Suter, Carlson, Doughty, and Weber have averaged higher ice times. He's also top 20 in total shorthanded time on ice over that stretch, a list that includes players like Doughty, Weber, Chera, McDonough, and Giordano. Um, and while we're busy looking at how talented Roman Yossi is, we should also note that P.K. Subban's in this top 10 list. We'll get yep. to him later. But P.K. Subban is ranked ninth in penalty minutes amongst defenders over the last four years. He has 274 total penalty minutes. Yossi is 123rd on that list with 105 total minutes in the sim bin. The value of a top five defender should be someone who does more good than harm to your team. A guy like Roman Yossi has been able to produce, log minutes, and not get penalized too often. I'd like to think that qualifies as a top five defenseman. Um, But here's the key stat that really blows my mind. Did you know that Roman Yossi has blocked 663 shots over the past four seasons, which is fifth most amongst NHL blue liners and nobody has more blocked shots on this top 20 list than Roman Yossi. And the astounding part is that 
Drew Doughty and Duncan Keith both had over 2,000 minutes this year. Well, um, or 20,000 minutes, I should say, um, over the past four years. While Yossi had over, or that's that's not right, no. Uh, (laughs) 2,000 minutes this year, 2,000 minutes this year. Doughty and Keith both had 2,000 minutes this year. Well, Yossi had over 1,800 minutes played. I tripped myself there. Sorry. Um, and yet Yossi, minus this year, has been able to improve offensively every single season and make the most out of his ice time in so many different ways. Yep. Um, so just taking a look at Duncan Key's stats, he had 53 points, fifth most by defenseman last year. Um, but it should be noted that Shattenkirk had the fourth most, and he was ranked much lower on yep. this list. So even though Duncan Keith has been consistently one of the better defenders in this league, I don't consider him, and it's not by much, I don't consider Duncan Keith a top five defender anymore. And that's largely because Roman Yossi has continued to elevate his game. So I would take Duncan Keith out of the top five and put in Roman Yossi. However, I think Hedman should be ranked higher than Doughty. So Doughty should be fourth. Okay, I I I wouldn't even put I was I thought you wouldn't put Doughty in the uh, in the top ten either, but uh, yeah I mean I don't know Duncan Keith pro I agree with you I think Duncan Keith uh, should be lower but I don't know I think he should still be in the top ten. Uh, there's something to be said oh, for Keith's just how consistent. In the top 10, no doubt yeah, about yeah. it. There's no just doubt so, about there's something to be said on just how consistent he's been. Um, I don't know, and I, I just don't think uh, Daddy had a great year this year, so I don't know if he really should be in the top ten even. Um, but I mean, I think he had a quietly good year. Yeah, he had forty four points. Wasn't getting as much accolades yeah. as he's been in the past. He had forty four points in eighty two games, which isn't bad for a defenseman, but that puts him sixteen amongst uh, defensemen. Um. I don't know. I feel like there's just a, a lot of other play, uh, defensemen that are better than Dowdy. But, um, yeah, and I think there's just some... For Duncan Keith, I think there's something to be said for just how consistent he's been throughout his career. So, like, you know, he may not make the list next year, but I think right now I'm okay with putting him in, in the top ten. I agree with you. I don't think he's top five either. Um, I have more issues with the list that we'll talk about later. Uh, number six is P.K. Subban. Number seven, as the aforementioned uh, Roman Yossi. The eighth is uh, Chris Letang. The ninth is Shea Weber. And the tenth is Ryan Suter. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we just talked about Roman Yossi. Um, I think P.K. Subban is close behind him. Um, just in the regard that P.K. Subban was injured for a couple of years and he put up similar stats to Roman Yossi. So I, I, I think um, they should be, like, close together. Yeah, they're neck and neck, for they're sure. They're neck and neck. Um, so uh, P.K. Subban could be a top five guy as well. Um, I know you mentioned the PIM stuff. Chris Letang uh, is a good choice as well, cause, but like considering he gets injured all the time. Um, He's still got 34 points yeah. in 41 games. That's pretty good. Exactly. I feel like if he was uh, if he was healthy, he would be in like the top three 
Um, but yeah, um, he'd, he'd be yeah. a t- conversation of a top five guy at least. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, since he gets injured, I'm fine with putting him in. Uh, since he has injury history, it's not just this season. He's he's yeah. always he's always injured, um, or usually always injured. <laughs> I guess um, <laughs> if 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 he was always injured, then we would never see him play. So um, he's usually injured, um, and if he was healthy f- for once. Um, we, we would put him in the top three. Um, and then, um, so a couple of guys that I think should be on this top 10 list that aren't, uh, one is Kevin Shattenkirk, as you mentioned. Um, I think he's a little hurt just because he had a terrible playoffs. Um, and I guess it's like, it's, but like even still 56 points in 80 games and also that he played. Like, for two teams, one with, like, St. Louis while they were having all those goalie issues, and one for Washington, which he played pretty well for um, in the regular season the last, like, 10 games for them. So, uh, let's, oh, 20 games, hold on. He had uh, he had 14 points in 19 games um, in those stats. Um, so, I, I think he, uh, he should be recognized. Um, another guy, Dougie Hamilton, uh, he had 50 points in 81 games. I mean, sure, he doesn't hit or block a ton of shots, um, but he's also, like, a big part of how Calgary even got that surge to begin with um, towards the second half. Um, he's really getting going. Uh, this is his career year. Um, the Bruins are sad to let, let him go, but I think uh, Dougie should be in the top ten at least. And then lastly, uh, 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 Rasmus Ristolainen, um, who, uh, who should be in this list. He had uh, 45 points um, this year, which is a record. Um, I could, you have to consider that Buffalo didn't have Jack Eichel for a lot of the year. They didn't have Ryan O'Reilly for a lot of the year. And they didn't have like Evander Kane, Kyle Poso for a lot of the year. Those are their four main guys. However, Rasmus Ristolainen was their best player throughout the entire time. And, like, sure, Buffalo wasn't great. And, yes, Rasmus Ristolainen has, like, a minus nine and a plus minus. But it's like, you know, he was the, like, without Ristolainen, like, the uh, the Sabres would probably be, like, worse than the Avalanche this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's... Uh, like you should have factored, they should have factored that in in terms of how much he means to the team. And he's only like 21 years old. He's only going to get better. Um, he's like an assist machine. He had like he almost had 30. He almost had 40 assists this year. I don't know. It's I. And he also like hits a lot, which is a big part of you know defense, defensive defensemen. So. Um, I don't know. I, I would have I would have put uh, Rasmus Ristolainen in, in the top ten. Um, yeah, uh, th- those are my three gripes with uh, the top ten list. Um, Ryan Suter, I'm okay with. I guess Shea Weber, I can I can live with. Um, I I just would rather uh, them. Uh, I think Shannon Kirk, Hamilton, and Rasmus Ristolainen. 
are slightly better than both all those guys. But what, whatever. This is a stupid list. <laughs> Um, I think if Rissalan does what he does yes. this year, I think he's at least in the conversation of being this list and at least yep. being a top 10. Although I, I just looking at the list of defenders that were on this list, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just not sure if I put him in the top 10 or even in the top 20 yet. He's close. He's close, but I'm just a bit hesitant to do well, that. Well, why, why are you and hesitant? keep in mind, John Klingberg also didn't make this yeah, list Yeah, Klingberg's too. another one. But I, I would put him more in the top twenty than the top ten. But why? What's your hesitation for Ristolainen? It, it's it's just um, well, you look at Ryan Suter. I mean, he was top three in total ice time yeah. amongst defensemen last year. And Shea Weber might be on the wrong side of thirty, some would argue, but he you still had some big moments for Montreal, and he really provides sure. stability to their. No, team. I mean, I I think they should be in the top. Tw- those two should be in the top twenty. As well, I just I don't know. Yeah. I I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I think I don't know. I think what Ristolainen did for the Sabers is more impressive, um, and what uh, Shannon Kirk did is more impressive. But um, I guess you can make a case that Dougie Hamilton may have a little bit more to prove. But I don't know. It's like you know, like you know. Also, you have Giordano on your team as well, so it, it could be that. But um, I don't know. I. Maybe, I don't know. I just feel like that should be, uh, they should be higher up, but I guess maybe that's... It's, maybe it's the fact that, they're, uh, that they were on non-playoff teams last year who didn't who didn't really do as well as people yeah. were hoping for as well. Especially Buffalo, who hasn't made the playoffs in at least a couple of seasons. Yeah, but I mean, he was a, he was a big part of, yeah, I, I guess that, that might have something to do with it. You're probably right. But I don't know. But then again, Oliver ekman Larson is on the Lily Coyotes, and he yeah. finished 11th on this list. Right, so. exactly, as you say that. And then, so we have, uh, speaking of that, we have the Swedish law firm at 11, uh, your favorite nickname. Now yeah. my favorite nickname. Um, <laughs> OEL is 11. 12 is Dustin Bufflin, another non-playoff team uh, guy on there. Uh, 13, Zach Wierenski. 14, Alex Petrangelo. 15, we have uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. So I already made my case about Shattenkirk. Pedrangelo, I think, should be a little higher. Wierenski, I think, has potential. Um, I don't know. I feel like 13's a little high, but he might be. He's he's a top 20, I would say. Um, Bufflin makes sense, and OEL is a little high as well. But, you know, it's it's 11th spot. But um, So, yeah, there's... Um, yeah, that's your list. What what's your thoughts on the on the eleven through fifteen? So, um, the Swedish law firm. I don't know if you know us. In three of the last four years, he's led all NHL defensemen in game winners. Yep. And forty five percent of his total goals and forty three percent of his total points have come with the extra man. And he's also a two time twenty goal scorer. He's obvious choice for number eleven. Yep. I I think that's a very good place to rank him. Um, you look at Buffalo and he's got Brent, Brent Burns flexibility as far as offense goes. He can play forward slash defense. He can hit, he can fire the puck like nobody's business. And he was also number one in time on ice per game amongst defensemen last year. Um, but again, you know, the Jets didn't make the playoffs and, and it's just, I think the question is, you know, whether or not he can play good defense. Right. And I think, I think number 12 suits him nicely for that reason. 
Mm-hmm. I think Rowenski is ranked too high after just one season. Yep. And while he was critical to the Jackets' resurgence and he was able to score 47 points while finishing 75th amongst defenders in time on ice per game, I don't know how you put him ahead of established NHLers like Petrangelo and Shattenkirk. Yep. So until he can do what he did last year for a couple more seasons, I give Alex and Kevin that slight edge over him. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, other than, other than that, um, I like 11 through 15. I think they got it right yep. to an extent. Um, I'll, yeah. Okay. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna go with into, uh, why, uh, Tory crew wasn't even mentioned yet, but I think I'll, oh, yeah, there's I'll talk another about one there. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I think I, I would probably put him in the discussion, um, in the top 20, maybe not top 15. Um, so I'll talk about that later. But uh, John Klingberg, as you mentioned before, I think should be at least acknowledged in the top 15 as yeah, well. Yeah, I think if he um, was in the list, he'd probably fit in yeah. there, yeah. Um, especially when you when you have OEL and Bufflin, who didn't make the – who also – their team didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so um, – and Klingberg, quiet, I was just looking at the, like, the defenseman stats – yeah, he uh, he had, he was tenth in uh, points for defensemen uh, this year with forty nine points. I thought he had like a terrible year, but he uh, he had uh, forty nine points in eighty games, which is uh, pretty good. Um, he tied uh, Roman Yossi in points, so um, so yeah, I thought Klingberg should be uh, acknowledged, but um, he he got honorable mentions. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is 16, as we've mentioned before. Um, he, he was, uh, he had 50 points, so he was just ahead of, uh, Klingberg in that. Uh, Ryan McDonough, 17, I don't know about that one. Uh, Mark Giordano, uh, which is, uh, I'm okay with, I guess. Uh, 19 is Ryan Ellis, and 20 is Cam Fowler. Um, so yeah, so this is where I would probably put um, Tory Krug on this list. Um, I know he's more of a PowerPoint guy, um, but he had 51 points in 81 games. Uh, he missed, I, I know you might debate me on this, but I have a feeling that if Krug was healthy in the playoffs, I think the Bruins probably would have gone on to the next round. Um, just cause he does mean that much more for the Bruins team. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I guess there's also something to be said for, um, it's kind of like the Tuka Rest factor in terms of like, he didn't really have a great first half. Um, a lot of his mishaps are like, you know, lead to goals. So He's not like a great defender in that way, although he's working on it. And, you know, there was a time when the Bruins weren't that good. So, mm-hmm. um, and so I think he was hurt by that. Um, I would guess still he should be mentioned in that he should be in the discussion. Uh, 51 points for 81 games um, is, is pretty good, albeit he has a minus 10 plus minus. Um, I mean, say what you want about plus minus because it doesn't always have an effect on your, um, on how, on how you play. But I mean, I guess it is a little bit more important for defensemen. Um, so I guess he is more reliant on the power play, 
Um, and next year he may not be the guy um, at the end when uh, with Charlie McAvoy on the rise, but he's still one of our better players. So I don't know. It's uh, I, I would I would put I would put Krug maybe ahead of Fowler or uh, Ryan Ellis, but um, I don't know. Uh, I think I think I may just be a homer. Um, so. Uh, yeah, um, that was, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the, uh, the 16 through 20. Yeah, uh, Dougie Hamilton should also be ranked lower than number 16. Like, he picked it up in the second half and he had 50 points, but he hasn't been a consistent force. I mean, you look at McDonough's plus 20, speaking of plus minus, in 2016, 2017, (laughs) third straight year he's been plus 20 or better, only Dougie only did that once today, and that was in year two with Boston. Yep. Uh, and we talk about Ryan Ellis. He finished tied for third with 16 goals amongst defensemen this past year. Mm. Finished third in block shots during the postseason. And he finished tied for third in postseason points amongst defensemen with 13 and 22 games. Um, so if you were to ask me what my 13 to 20 would be, Petrangelo would be 13th, Shattenkirk would be 14th, McDonough would be 15th, Wierenski would be 16th, Ellis would be 17th, Dougie Hamilton would be 18th, Giordano 19th, Fowler 20th. Okay. Well, I, I would have put Dougie Hamilton in the top, like, like from the 10 to 15. Even okay. top 10, but okay. <laughs> I guess that's fair. He, he hasn't if, he does, if he does what he did this year, next year, yeah. and with more consistency... He's definitely in the conversation. To be yeah, I guess I guess that's fair. He hasn't been as consistent, but it's you know I don't know. It is crazy, but um, he's on his way there though. He's yeah. on his way there. It, it is tough. I feel like the the threshold, like the differences between all these d- defensemen, is so small together. Yeah, that, just like one or two stats. Yeah, it's like we're just arguing over semantics here. It's just yeah. like you know, <laughs> it's like all right, I guess you can say that, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, at least it just shows how like how good Burns and Carlson are. Is that like we all agree that I think you have to all agree that Carlson and Burns are ahead of everyone else. Yeah, they're they're in yeah. a league of their own. Like like Brent yeah. Burns, just taking a look at his stats, led all defensemen. Yeah, with he's basically goals a forward. Three hundred and twenty shots on goal. That's astounding. Yeah, he's basically a forward. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and so is Carlson. So it's, it's, um, yeah. And I think like just the, it's one of those things where it's like, it's Carlson Burns and then you can like pick and choose who, <laughs> who the rest are. Um, honorable mentions they have here. Uh, Folk finished, uh, 21st, Klingberg 22nd, Ristolainen 23rd, Vlasic 24th, Seth Jones 25th. Brent Seabrook wasn't even on the honorable mentions yeah. either. Krug, as I just mentioned, wasn't there either. But yeah. uh, I would have put him maybe 20th, but um, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't even know who you put out, but um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it just goes to show you how talented today's defensemen are when yeah. Vlasic and Seabrook, who are usually regulars on this, uh, yeah. are on the honorable mentions are not on even that list. Yeah. So uh, the wingers and the uh, centers are the like, two lists that I don't have too much of a problem with, but 
we're gonna list them out here. Uh, just we'll we'll uh, we'll do it the same way. So we're gonna start with the wingers. Um, Patrick Kane's number one, Kucherov's number two, Marshawn's number three. Woo! Uh, Tarasenko's number four, uh, and Jamie Ben is number five. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think I'm. I hate to say it, I think uh, Marshawn may, is definitely top five, but I don't know if top three, I feel like Tarasenko is probably better than him, Um, and I guess you could make a case that Jimmy Ben is better than him too, just because of the consistent factor, but at the same time, I'm happy heart candidate Marshawn uh, gets his due diligence and recognition, so um, yay, but um. I think he, I think they got it right. Yeah. Like if you look at um, Marshawn Tarasenko's stats, both got 39 goals last year. Yeah. But Brad did that with 60 fewer shots on target. He was also plus 18. Vladdy was a minus one. And to be fair with Tarasenko, he averaged 58 seconds less than Marshawn, despite playing yeah. two more games than his counterpart. So maybe you wonder oh, if his ice time was better. Maybe sure. maybe he gets a couple more goals. But he was still able to generate 286 shots on target, Tarasenko was. Yeah. That just goes to show you how good Vladimir Tarasenko is. Yeah. So I like him a lot at number four. Jamie Benn also had a down year. He went from 41 goals to 26 goals. Yep. He also went from 89 points to 69 points, so I think that's another reason why he's only number five. But I think for the most part they nailed it. I have zero issues with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those, like, Maybe you could move him up. You wouldn't have a problem with it or, or not, but yeah, it's like we're not going to make a huge deal out of it. Um, number six, you have Alex Ovechkin. Seven is Joe Pavelski. Wasn't he a center? I guess he's not. Uh, well, there are a couple of guys on this list that are, that are, that are centers. In fact, on the, on their, they had an on-the-bubble list for wingers. I'm just like... Wait, this guy's a center too. This yeah. guy's also a center. <laughs> um, Pavelski. They play wingers. Just specify yeah. if they play wing. Yeah, yeah. Pavelski. Well, I don't know. Like, would you consider Drysital a, a winger or a center? Would you consider Mikhail Granlund a center or a winger? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite um, sure. Like, they yeah, could true. be on either list, but, but I would, I would, I would consider Granlund a center. And I think Drysdale the winger just because he plays on the wing now, but yeah. you know I don't know. Anyways, eight Patrick Line, nine Panarin, and ten Johnny Gaudreau. Um, yeah, I mean this is another one of those things where um, maybe so I guess I feel like Pavelski and Ovechkin had down years this year, so I think putting them at six and seven is a little high. But at the same time, they have the pedigree to be um, up there as well. So I don't know. Um, Patrick Laine um, had a bad end of the season, but I think he, you know, it's a good choice at at least he's a, definitely a top ten yeah. um, pl- player, a winger. Uh, Panarin is an interesting choice at nine here, but. Um, we shall see what happens with him in Columbus. Um, I think the debate is what can he do without Patrick Kane, and until right. that, until we see what happens there, they're a bit hesitant to put him in the top five, probably. True, and also, um, 
there's the idea of like he's going to play with uh, torts and he's not known to be a defensive guy. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, we don't know how that's going to work out for him. And Goudreau had a quietly good season as well. So, um, but um, I, I may have put Goudreau a little bit higher, but not as hot, not a ton higher. Um, but yeah, uh, Goudreau's at ten. He had a a slow first half, but a solid second half. And you look at his stats in each of his first three years, he's been an NHL All-Star. He has at least 61 points in all three of those campaigns. If he can average over 70 points in each of the next few years, I think he could be a top-five winger easy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, All right, 11, we have Blake Wheeler. 12, we have Phil Kessel. 13, we have Max Pacioretty. 14, we have... Uh, Philip Forsberg, and 15, David Pasternak. Do you think Pasternak's, like, uh, telling his agents, like, they're using this in the debate, like, hey, we have Pasternak at 15. Uh, he's the 15th best winger. Uh, I don't know if they are. But then Sweeney could just say, like, yeah, but they disrespected uh, Tuka Rask. Exactly. Right. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a legit list without Tuka in the top 10. But, um, so the... Uh, yeah, I guess this is a this is a, a good list. I may put Pacioretty a little bit ahead of uh, Wheeler, uh, just because he is more consistent. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a good uh, ten, uh, eleven through fifteen list per se. Yeah, and I think uh, the big question is why have Blake Wheeler at number eleven ahead of guys like Pacioretty? Kessel, Forsberg, well, and Pasternak. Well, I, I think Wheeler had a pretty good season, to be fair. But yeah, yeah, and 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 I I think the NHL is right to do that because yeah. it, just looking at some of the stats from the article, it says yeah. that he had two hundred that he has two hundred eighty two points the past four seasons, which is twelfth most in the yeah. league. He's registered at least twenty six goals and thirty five assists in four straight years, and he had seventy four points last year, seventy eight the year before that. He's also just missed five games over the last six years. Right. And amongst wingers last year, only Patrick Kane averaged more ice time than Blake Wheeler. I think he's the most underrated player, not just Ford, in the entire NHL. Yeah. No, he is. Um, it's been for years, it's been like uh, Nicholas Backstrom who's been underrated. But yeah, I think Blake Wheeler is up there. Um, Forsberg and Pasternak need to put a few more good seasons to, in order to be up on this list, I think. And they need to be consistent, too, because, to be like, yeah. Forsberg really tore it up in the second half, but again, yeah, he, very slow start to the he first always, half. He always starts slow, um, as yeah. a guy who owns him in my in my fantasy league. So, yeah, um, yeah he, he always starts slow, but, yeah, I think you're right. If, if he got going for a full season, then he'd be in the top ten. Yeah. Um, and same with Pasternak. Pasternak's... According to Felger, he only has one good season. But, um, yeah, I think just Pasternak, there's no doubt that Pasternak's the real deal. So, um, yeah, I think if he has a couple more good seasons, then he'll be up in the in the top ten. Um, speaking of which, do you think, like, because I know, like, Ovech, like, there's always been talk that Ovechkin and uh, Pavelski are like on a down year and they may be just going downwards. So I don't know, maybe eventually, um, those guys will, uh, take their spot, but, uh, not for now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
which is weird to say because Ovechkin's been like good for uh, like the past two decades, basically. So um, I don't know. Anyways, uh, we have uh, 16, we have Cam Atkinson, 17, Jeff Skinner, 18, Wayne Simmons, 19, TJ Oshie, and 20, Taylor Hall. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good list. I, I'm just trying to think of, like, people they missed out. It's hard to know who they count as a winger or not, but... Like, if you count Dreisaitl as a winger, then I think you put him in. But uh, I don't think they counted Dreisaitl in. So, um, he doesn't count. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Cam Atkinson has potential. Uh, Skinner had quietly a pretty good season, too. So, he had 63 points in 82 games for the Carolina Hurricanes of all teams. So, um so that also that, only missed three games over yep. the last two years, and he has sixty five goals and one hundred and fourteen points. That's pretty huge. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. He's he's he might be even more underrated than uh, Blake Wheeler is. Uh, Wayne Simmons is usually pretty good. He's like a good power forward for you. Uh, T.J. Oshie had a <laughs> has been really good for the uh, Capitals um, since he's been on the the team. So uh, I know he's 30 years old and people are expecting him to be regressed, but uh, he's been pretty good. And Taylor Hall, you can't go wrong with him. Um, I know he was on the Devils and he was injured for a bit, but um, uh, he, he, uh, yeah, he, he belongs on this list as well. So, yeah. So uh, one of the players that intrigues me is Wayne Simmons because according to the NHL's website, he's scored at least 28 goals and 50 points in each of the past four years. Yeah. And has at least, and has had at least 13 power play goals last year, 31 goals, 54 points, 16 goals and 25 points with the extra man. However, he only had a hundred and or he didn't only have, he had 122 penalty minutes. And while he's tough to contain in front of the net, he's awfully tougher to beat when he's on the ice. So I think if he can knock down those penalty minutes, he could have a Brad Marchand-type season. I really believe that. However, there is one guy on this list that does not deserve to be on here, and that is Taylor Hall. Oh, wow. In three of his first seven (laughs) campaigns, he played in at least 70 games. He's only played in one full NHL season. And 381 points in 453 career games, that's impressive. But it's a bit of a turnoff if you're getting injured every now and again. And I really think that one year where he got 80 or so points, he hasn't been able to get back to that level since. And injuries have kind of slowed him down, to be fair. Yeah. But in order to be a top 24, you need to consistently show you're at that level. And I think to a certain extent, his play has regressed. And you look at guys like Mikhail Granlund, who were put on the bubble, like, we were just talking about a couple of episodes ago, big year, 69 points, continuing to make strides every single year. Yeah. Uh, Ricard Raquel found the net 33 times last season, 10 game winners. His numbers have also steadily gone up over the past three years. Hmm. And even Mike Hoffman of the sense, he has at least 25 goals and has averaged 56 points in that same time frame over the last three years. Yeah. Until Taylor Hall can stay healthy and consistently produce at, his level, which I think is 60 or more points. Yeah. I'd be hesitant to put him on this list. I don't know. I, I guess you, you do have a fair point about how he hasn't really been healthy 
throughout, but at the same time, like, you know, he put up 53 points in 72 games for the Devils, which weren't a really good team, and he, you know, you also have to factor in the fact that he, he hasn't played on a lot of good teams, you know, his time in Edmonton, you know, he, he was, before McDavid, he was the best player on, on the Oilers, so it's... And he got 80 yeah. points with the Oilers, too, though. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, 65 points last year when McDavid was out. So it's, um, I mean, the year before his last yeah. year on, on Edmonton. So it's, um, I, I think it, just a lot of that has to do with just the fact that his team as well. Um, I think, like, once he starts getting more players, like, good players on his team, and, like, then I think, then we'll start to see him really secede. Um, Not to say that he can't do it on his own, but uh, he can. It's just, uh, you know, I think uh, think he could be even better if he had a better team around him. Um, All right, speaking of the Oilers, uh... We're going to go with the... T- oh, I uh, forgot to mention the honorable mentions for the wingers. Uh, Hoffman was at 21. Arvidsson was 22. Mitch Marner was 23. Uh, Raquel, as you mentioned before, was 24. And 25 was Radulov. Um, Connor Sheary is another one that they didn't mention. And same yeah. with uh, Willie Nylander. Um, if you're, if you're going to mention Marner, you have to mention Nylander as well. Um, and I, I mean, as I mentioned before, if you're going to, I guess they assume that dry settle is a, uh, in the centers, but, um, I would consider him a winger. Um, it's kind of hard to base, uh, what they would consider a center or a winger nowadays, but yeah. So I think, uh, those two guys, uh, they didn't mention, but, um, Shiri and uh, Nylander, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I think like in due time, um, if they can, if they can be consistent and ha- repeat uh, last season this year, um, then I think they'll be on this list um, or considered uh, top uh, twenty centers. Uh, no surprise here. Connor McDavid is number one. Crosby number two. Malkin number three. Uh, Matthews, number four, and then you have Backstrom, number five. Um, I think you you said, I remember you said that you were surprised that Matthew was number four. Um, I'm not too surprised with that. I mean, 40 goals is pretty good, especially for a rookie. Um, and he's only going to get better. Um, so I, I, would, I would put Matthews at four. I'm not I'm not too mad at any of these rankings though. So, um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I was I was more taken aback that he was ranked top four so soon. As, yep. But but then I look at his stats. I'm just thinking, you know what? Why not put him at number four? And and just looking at what he's done in one season in the league. Yep. Um, he was a top ten scorer among centers. He was the only other faceoff specialist not named Crosby. He didn't have forty or more goals last year. Right. As far as shots on goal among centers are concerned, only Bergeron and Sagan had more than uh, Matthews. He had ten fewer giveaways than Connor McDavid. His seventy six takeaways put him in the NHL's top five. His eight game winners put him in a tie for third in the league. And then on top of that, he scored thirty two even strength tallies and the game's first goal fourteen times in twenty sixteen twenty seventeen. 
he led the league in both of those categories. This is a guy who finished 48th in average ice times among centers in his first NHL season. He averaged 1737. And to put that in comparison, Steven Stamkos, who was hurt for most of the year, put in an average of 1752, which is higher than Austin Matthews. And before anyone makes the argument, oh, Backstrom led NHL centers with 35 points via the man advantage, that might be true. But Claude Drew was second, and Braden Shen was the leader in power play goals in the same category. And spoiler alert, neither of those guys appear on this list. True. So I think he deserves to be number four on this list. I don't think higher than McDavid, Crosby, and Malkin, but definitely a top five center for sure. Okay. Uh, I just realized we're short on time here, but uh, John Tavares is number six. Uh, St- Stamkos is seven. Uh, eight is Sagan. Nine is Getzlav, and ten is Shifley. Um, I'll be uh, it's curious how they put Stamkos in the top ten. Um, yeah. Just because you know he he's only he only played seventeen games and he has an injury history. Um. But at the same time, when he is healthy, he is pretty good. But um, it is a little curious to have him up here um, at that length. Um, I think you would agree with that. Tyler Sagan had a bit of a down year, but he kind of picked it up towards the end. Same with John Tavares. Um, Yeah, Getzlav is a good choice here. And Shifley is a bit of a surprise. But then when you look at his numbers, you're like, yeah, I guess he he deserves to be in the top ten. Yeah. Well, you, you look at a guy like Sam Coase, you're right. I have a question mark as to whether or not he should be 7th. I think ninth or 10th would be more reasonable yeah. because when you look at his tolls in his second, third, and fourth years in the league, he scored at least 40 goals and 90 points in yeah. all three of those years. Mm-hmm. But in each of those seasons, he played in 82 games. Since then, he's only played in one 82-game campaign, and his best season was 43 goals and 72 points in 2014-15. What, again, concerns me is that he's missed 115 games due to injury over the last four years, including 65 games last year, which is the second major injury in the last three or four years that he's had. Now, that's some bad luck on his part, but I'm still not sure if I'm comfortable with giving someone a top 10 role in this league if I'm uncertain about his health. Yeah. If he's healthy, he's going to be a top 10 center and a top 20 offensive force in this league. It's like, um, but if he's not, he's in the stands and he's not helping anyone. Yeah. It's like uh, Chris Letang, um, in that sense, yeah. Yeah. Like and, if- uh, just, a, just a little quick thing on Shifley, who has progressed in each of the last three years. His shot tolls went from 194 to mm. 160 um, from 2015-16 to 2016-17. He still scored a career-high 32 goals. Yeah. So when your shot total goes down and you can still be a 30-goal scorer, yep. that's impressive. And having Patrick Laine on your line is probably yeah, helps that a bit. Also helps yeah. too. Uh, Patrice Bergeron is at 11. Taze is at 12. Kopitar is 13. 14, they have Jack Eichel. 15, they have Drysaddle. So they have Drysaddle here at 15. Um, I guess they count him as a center. Um, for now. For now. Yeah, so I guess they just got uh, all the uh, two way uh, centers. Um, out of the way in one bite with Bergeron, Taze, and then Kopitar. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm I'm fine with that. At least putting it, I wouldn't say Bergeron's top ten per se, but he is definitely in the top twenty of centers. Uh, same goes for Taze and Kopitar. Um, and Eichel, I think, has the potential to be there, but I think we need to see one more year of him being really good 
for a full season. Um, yeah. And I, uh, we've already made our piece with Drysaddle last year, uh, our last yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, 16, we have Ryan Johansson. 17, we have Barkov, who I forgot about. 18, we have Jeff Carter. And 19, we have Kuznetsov. And 20, we have Sean Monahan. Um, you know, I, I was thinking maybe Monaghan would be a little, should be a little bit higher, but then when I look at all these lists, I don't know who you would drop off. Maybe Jeff Carter, but, um, at the same time, I don't think you would either. Ryan Hansen is an interesting choice just because as we've mentioned before, you know, he's more of a, he's now more of a playmaker than a goal guy, but, or goal sniper, but um, yeah. you know he's he uh, yeah he he's a he's pretty good on this list. Um, uh, the honorable mentions they have twenty one Claude Giroux, which is a surprise that they didn't include include him in here. Ryan O'Reilly twenty two, uh, Kessler Ryan Kessler is twenty three. Logan Couture is twenty four, and Jumbo Joe Thornton is 25 to end the list. Um, yeah. Just taking a look quickly at Alex Barkov. He's been MIA for 74 games in the first four years of his career. He had knee problems in year one, wrist issues in year three, back issues throughout last year. The dude has 111 points in his last 127 games. That's the last two years. So I can understand why they put him on this list, but given his injury history, yeah. maybe I lean towards Giroux, maybe, but I can yeah. understand why they put him on here. And Jack Eichel would be ranked higher, again, if he played a full 82 games, yeah. but he didn't. So if he has a big year this year and he's healthy, um, I think he goes up. Uh, how much time quickly do we have left? We have like two minutes left. Okay, just quickly, Toronto Maple Leafs, the ACC is no more, well, the name anyway, because... As of July 1st, 2018, it will be called the Scotiabank Arena. The ACC, the Air Canada Centre's uh, arena deal, expires July 1st, 2018. Scotiabank has the rights for the next 20 years. The uh, people at Air Canada paid the Leafs $30 million over that 20-year deal. People at Scotiabank will be coughing up $800 million over the next 20 years oh. to have their naming rights on the home of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the NBA's Toronto Raptors. Insane deal. Never seen anything like it. That is crazy. I think I saw that, like, they, like, a uh, team, like, uh, that uh, group could have bought, like, every team except for, like, the original six teams because they, um, any NHL team except for, like, a select few NHL teams. Um, and, they've do- and they've done that with two others. Yeah. Um, if you recall, the uh, home of the Sens was called Scotiabank Place from 2006 to 2013. Yeah. They currently had the naming rights to the Saddle Dome, which is the home of the Calgary Flames. So whenever Toronto and Calgary meet up uh, in the coming years, they're just going to be like, is it at the Saddle Dome or the arena? <laughs> yeah. Because they're both owned by the same name. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we only we don't have time for the Rapid Fire or Bruins Sens segment. Uh, we'll get to that next week. Um you can find us at uh, lay some uh, do our Twitter at lay some up podcast. Uh, we're on fan tracks radio right now, which is why we're rushing. Um, and uh, our Facebook is lay some up. You can just search up lay some up on uh, both the Twitter and Facebook and you'll find it. Um, and yeah, we're on SoundCloud. 
We're also on Fantrax Radio, as I just mentioned. LaceUpBag at gmail.com. Email us anything. Um, I'm Brett Tuboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in Episode 90 of the Lace Up Podcast.